This message is brought to you by The Covenant Nation. Let's put our confession. One to go. As I sit to listen to the Word of God today, a door of utterance has been opened unto me, and I hear the voice of God clearly speaking to me. This is the way to go, walk ye in it. I listen under the influence of the Spirit of God, and I'm not distracted by anything or anyone. The Word of God is for to my spirit. I am strengthened by it this morning. It is wine to my heart, creating joy within me. It is oil to my face, causing my life to shine, giving me victory in everything that I do. As my eyes make contact with the scriptures used in this message, the Spirit of God opens new things to me. He also brings to my remembrance things Jesus once showed me. I come to understand God's system on the earth, and I receive instruction encouragement, correction, and the enablement to live out God's will. Amen. All right, we're continuing on this subject here of the Word of God and the fact that um, God's Word is responsible for us becoming fruitful. Uh, that in the parable of the kingdom, Jesus spoke in Luke chapter 8, and verse 11, and said, the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. So the seed spoken about in that parable is the word of God. And some of it fell on good ground, and the one that fell on good ground brought forth some 30, some 60, and some a hundredfold. And so we look at the first thing it says about good ground. Matthew chapter 18 and verse 23. They that fell on good ground is them that hear the word. And the Bible says they understandeth it. And it beareth forth some 30, some 60, and some a hundredfold. They understood that the parable is this, everything zeroes in into the word of God. So they didn't allow the enemy to steal that word after they had it. They understood that is when you give a more earnest heed to this substance called the word of God, that is when, that if you neglect it, that you are neglecting so great a salvation. But if you give a more earnest heed unto it, like Hebrews 2.1 says, it will produce signs, wonders, diverse miracles will occur in your life. So they understood that. They understood the system of the God and knew that at the core of it is the word of God. That is, the man's delight is in the word of the Lord, and in it does he meditate day and night. That that person will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. So they understood the role of God's word. The second, all right, illustration concerning 
good ground is that they received it. And we see that in Mark chapter 4 and verse 20. So three words were used. Understandeth, receiveth, and keepeth. And here it says, such as hear the word, and receive it, and it brings forth some 30, some 60, and some 100. And when it says they received it there, we've explained, that is what we have in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 17. Hebrews 11. That by faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. So want to see what it means to receive something. All right, the next verse tells us. So you could say the person that received it acted in a certain way. That person was under the influence of the promise of God completely for him to have made a decision to take his only begotten son and to go there to kill his son and to sacrifice him on an altar. That showed he had received it. But look at what it says in the next verse. Whom it was said, in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Accounting there. So because the promise of God told him that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. That is what he received, that word. In Isaac shall your seed be called. In other words, God told him, your entire family is going to come out of Isaac. God also told him that so shall thy seed be, and that seed was Isaac. And so in that word there, that promise, God called Isaac a seed. And a seed is powerless unless it falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. So he received that. Uh, and we'll see how he did that. While he was meditating, God didn't call him a child. God called him a seed. And a seed is only of use when it is planted. The Bible says that the kingdom of God is as a grain, as little as a grain of mustard seed. But when it is sown, it becometh greater than all the seeds that are there in the garden. So it's smaller than all the other seeds, but when it is sown, it will grow up and become greater than all the seeds that are in the garden. So a seed has got to be planted. All right? And so Abraham understood, all right, that his descendants were coming out of Isaac. So in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 20, or verse 11, 19, Accounting that God was able to raise him from the dead, from whence also he received him back in a figure. So he accounted that if you plant a seed, the seed will spring out, that God was going to, or I raise him back from the dead. So the real miracle there was that. Abraham believed that God was going to raise him from the dead. And so he interacted with that word and he received him back 
in a figure. So receiving the promises of God is having that clear image of what the Word of God has promised you and you literally have experienced it on the inside of yourself. For in Genesis 22 and verse 4, it tells us, And on the third day Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And then he says, And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and will come again to you. So in the consciousness of Abraham, this is very important, in his consciousness, he had received, and in the conversation there, he didn't say, well, I'm going to sacrifice Abraham, um, Isaac. He said, we are going to worship and both of us are coming back. Now the next verse, and then Abraham took the wood and took the fire. And then Isaac asked him in the next verse there, this is the, said my father, he says, here I am, behold the fire of the wood, where is the lamb for an, for an offering? And Abraham said, God will provide himself. Now, so when you receive the word of God there, uh, when it's just like said, I receive a word that says strangers shall build my walls. Let's just take that. Uh, so what I do there is, as I go into meditation concerning that, I am meditating upon it with understanding. So one, I understand it. Then two, I am meditating on it and painting that picture. Now, painting that picture there goes beyond me just seeing something. My picture there. It is me interacting with that promise there in a mental image with the understanding that I have of it and experiencing the fulfillment of that promise right on the inner side of me. In other words, in meditation, I have created on the inside the condition that was promised it has been created within my consciousness. So it's not just thinking thoughts. It is actually experiencing the promise of God within me. I am not just thinking thoughts. I am experiencing the promise of God on the inside. So if God says, I am the one who gives you power, to obtain wealth, that I may establish the covenant that I made with your fathers. So I now understand and that this power to obtain wealth is what it says when it says, I will cause all grace to abound towards you, giving you sufficiency in all things that you might be able to abound in every charitable donation. In 2 Corinthians there and chapter 8, that you might be able to abound in every charitable donation. So if I'm going to experience that word on the inside of myself, I know the purpose for which that promise has been given unto me. And the purpose is for, that's why he has given me power to obtain wealth. Now, this is why, let me just say this here. Because when you are meditating there, when you are meditating, you're, you have to be under the influence 
of the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus. In other words, the first step, he says, is those that understandeth it. And therefore, those are people that know that the import of what God has said to me will never be realized if I do not pray that God give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation that the eyes of my understanding may be enlightened. In other words, I have an enlightened understanding of this scripture. So Abraham had an understanding of what God said to him when he said, in Isaac shall thy seed be called. He understood what that seed meant. He understood that the only way in which Isaac, all right, he was going to be a father of many nations, was that Isaac will have to be planted there. And so he experienced that on the inside of himself, him sacrificing or planting Isaac as a seed into the earth, and God now raising him up from the dead. It was an experience that he had on the inside of him based on understanding. So when I'm receiving something, it is right with understanding. So it's very important that you continuously pray. God, give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation that the eyes of my understanding may be enlightened so that I may know. In other words, you come to know certain things. So while you receive that, you are meditating. It's going right into your consciousness. Uh, you know the purpose for which this particular thing has been given unto you. Uh, you're meditating on the fact that uh, God has given to you a job there, or God has given to you, all right, or whatever it is. And while you're meditating, the purpose of that thing is defined on the inside of you. Abraham knew the purpose of Isaac. He, he understood Isaac's assignment on the earth. He saw what he was going to do there. So a person understands why they were blessed financially. A person understands why their business, all right, will grow and become global. It is not the recognition that they are getting on the outside that you have a global business. It is the hidden assignment in that particular thing that in some cases can even be transgenerational. In other words, generations that are coming after, in your meditation, you have seen this, will benefit from this business, all right, that you are doing. So there's an understanding that God gives there. Abraham, God gave him an understanding that, look, you will, your seed will go into Egypt, where a land where there will be strangers, for 400 years. After that, they will come out. It was in meditation that Abraham saw all of that. So God in meditation while you are receiving, that's why receiving is, is beyond you just saying that, well, I know God said that. It, it is personalized on the inside, all right? And, and so it's not just a visual thing, which is, which is important, but there's an understanding and an experience of that word that you have right on the inside of yourself there. So this is the key to faith here. This is the substance of the things that you are hoping for. This is the missing, when we say this, element here, right? This is why people don't live in intentional lives. Uh, this is why people don't live what we call purposeful lives because the assignment, things have not been made clear within them. And so as you meditate, light begins to come. And the key, this is the key to faith. 
beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord. So I want to get to the third one. That's what I really want to do, which is to keep. But 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 and verse 18, it tells us now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, which means you can get anything done. Then we all with an open face, and it tells us this is how you get it done. Bible says it's not by power, nor by might, but by my spirit. You say, well, but how does it work when you say by my spirit? I understand power and might, all right, my effort. But what do you mean by by my spirit? This scripture explains it. It says, we all, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. In other words, if you go about this this way, there are no limitations on your life. All things are possible unto you. Now, what do you do? We all with an open face, beholding as though we are looking through a glass, the glory of the Lord, we are changed into the same image from glory to glory by the Spirit. In other words, all God is telling me to do is to use my willpower not to try to produce what he has said in his word, but to use my willpower in decision-making to simply behold what he has said to me. So what I am doing every day is beholding it. It is the responsibility of the Spirit of God there to change me into that image. All he has asked me to do is to behold that particular thing. So let me give an example here. If I'm beholding a promise, I'm just giving an example so people understand. And in that promise, God had said that, all right, this particular, I'm going to bless you, I just say this, and you're going to build this property. So I begin to meditate on that promise, and therefore I see that property there with my, not anything I've seen physically, but I create that property with that inner image there. The purpose for that property, I come to know it by the Spirit of God. And therefore, I'm experiencing the use of that property while I'm meditating for that particular purpose. Now, hear this. God has not asked me to do anything and says, make sure you don't do anything on the outside to cause this particular thing I'm showing you to come to pass. Don't do it. Because the kingdom is as if a man will cast seed into the ground. That's all you are supposed to do. You will rise and wake, and the seed will spring forth and grow. He knoweth not how. So, if while I'm beholding it there, I now meet with somebody, and that person says, there's a property available land here, all right, do you want, and, and, and we get there, and, and when we get there, and we're talking, and the person calls a price that, at that particular point in time, you know, everything just, and it becomes, look, I don't, I'm not killing myself trying to fulfill God's promise. It's God that will fulfill his promise. Do you get what I'm saying here? I leave the wahala with the people and I go back and sit down and behold. Do you, are you following what I'm saying here? 
if I'm beholding and meditating on a promise for a job and I go somewhere and I felt that this was the right job and they didn't give me, that it means that that is not the word job. I go back to my chair with no iota of disappointment and continue to behold. Do you understand what I'm saying here? If say that you are, now this is what you should never stop, beholding. If somebody says, ah, you know, you are beholding and God gave you a promise on getting married and you are beholding all of that and you are seeing it and all that. And somebody walks up to you and says, you know, I really like you. And, all that. and then the person changes their mind. The image hasn't changed. Do you understand what I'm saying? It hasn't changed. So the issue is that we are not caught up on anything on the outside. We are effecting a process there that God, and that's why, and this is what I want to get to. The last verse in, the last, in Luke chapter 8, verse 15, when he says he receiveth it, in Luke 8, 15, he says, haven't heard the word, keep it. When he means keep it, it means you retain it inside your heart and never let go of it. Uh, so what I am beholding, I retain it in my heart. Nothing can stop me from doing what? Beholding it. I was saying this in Ambuja. I went to preach in Benin on Friday. I was praying to somebody, a friend of mine in ministry, and he said this. He said, what we're doing today in our ministry, I found an extremely powerful concept. He said, when our church was 120, he said, don't forget at a point, all right, because he had spoken the day before and explained to himself at the pastor's conference, he said we had no money and the rent was 3,000 naira a week. We didn't have the 3,000 naira to pay, so we shut our church down for three months because we couldn't pay rent. That's how we didn't have money. He said one day when we came back again, he started the church and he was doing it again. He said the church was about 100 people. He said, and my secretary walked into the office and saw me write, first service, 400 people attended. Second service, 520 people. Third service, 400. Fourth service. He said, he wrote four services. He said, and when he thought about some weeks now, if I call the person, you know, has for that. He said, he never wrote a fifth service. And they have, he said, it's just now he saw it, that they've never held a fifth service ever in the history of their ministry because he remembers he wrote four. He said, he put it somewhere where he would just be looking at it. And he said, today, all those things he wrote down there, when it looked like madness, has come to pass. He said, he brought out his checkbook and tore and said, my seed I've given. He wrote a check of 100 million when he didn't have 50,000 in his pocket and stuck it up, seeing himself giving a 100 million. He said, it just came to pass recently. No effort is required on your own part to make it happen. All the effort is to look at yourself doing it. Because the Spirit of God will change you into the same what? Image. So what image are you looking at? And then make sure you keep that thing. That's what it tells us in Proverbs chapter 4, 20. It says, let it not depart from your eyes and then do what? Keep it in the midst. In other words, never lose sight. Don't let it ever be taken. Keep it, all right, in the midst of your heart. So what are you looking at? Which promise do you understand that you know the intent of God for it? All right? 
an intent of God for that particular thing. And, and this is the way God wants to produce miracles right there in our lives. I mean, if you're going to become a production center for God, this is exactly what he wants to do. In John chapter 3 and verse 14, and I want to show you that this is the secret here, this measurement in faith here. Look, before this, let me just quickly show this. Matthew chapter 14, verse 29 and verse 30. Uh, the Bible says, or from, let's, let's start from 29 and 30. Now we know that the wind was boisterous. Jesus came and he was walking on water. And when Peter said to him, Peter said, bid me to come. Now, this is crisis. The wind is boisterous. We're in crisis. Contrary wind. All right? And right now, globally, there's a contrary wind blowing. Nigeria, there's a severe contrary wind blowing. But let me tell you this. As covenant children of God, I'm talking to you as a Christian, not as an activist. Do you understand what I'm saying here? Yes, sir. I, I say this publicly with anybody anywhere. There's nobody in ministry in this country that has invested more in nation building than myself in this country. No, I, it's, it's an open challenge to anybody who are doing nation building. Listen, I, I'm, I'm going to say this here. Let me tell you this. Nigeria will not have had any Christian candidate to push up in the consciousness of Nigeria to run for presidency without covenant. Ask them, they will tell you. If you know them, go and meet them quietly, they will tell you. Enter the political system of this country, they will tell you it's covenant that is pushing the agenda. I said no Christian will have been there. We pushed it, and we've been pushing it for over a decade. We just don't talk. Because when you talk, they cut your head off. You don't understand. When James, John went to shout, Herod, Herod, why do you take a wife? They, Is that your business? They cut his head off. When they came to meet Jesus, did Jesus face Herod? He went on with his ministry. People say, speak truth to power. Is that what God sent you to do? <laughs> when they behead you, they will go on with their lives. Are you following what I'm saying here? You know, people don't understand. They don't understand things. And people don't be shouting, right? Well, let me say this here. We are talking as, Christ, as covenant Christ, as children of the covenant. God never ordained any government for your personal upkeep as a child of God. God is your source. Are you following what I'm saying here? When there was famine in land in the time of Isaac, it wasn't anybody, they showed their distinction. Isaiah tells us, arise and shine for thy light has come. When has your light come? It says the next verse, it says darkness shall cover the earth, gross darkness the people, but the Lord shall arise. In other words, in a time of darkness is when your lone light has come. Don't miss this opportunity. While the wind was blowing, contrary wind was blowing, Jesus was walking on water. As this contrary wind is blowing, Jesus is now walking on water, beckoning on people to get out of the regular boat ride and come and join him in the supernatural. To come and do what is called impossible things. In other words, it's an invitation. Peter came out and started walking on water. 
And what happened to him? He now took his eyes off Jesus, what he was looking at, and then looked at the wind that was boisterous. The Bible says he became afraid, beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. I was standing in the word conference. You have two options. You can either be the Christian who is saying, Lord, save me, Lord, save me. Or who is the Christian who is saying, listen to me, that the wind is boisterous here. Something was going on. I'm getting out of this boat for the supernatural. In other words, what God is telling people is, get out of the comfort zone of the boat now. I say, well, I don't like what God, get out of it and, and, and find the dream that is impossible to be done in this atmosphere. That's exactly what I'm doing. But people are saying, Lord, save me, save me. Now, let me show you exactly what we're saying here. It's either you see or God saves you. John chapter 3 and verse 14, quickly. John 3 and verse 14, it says, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth on him shall not perish, but will have what? Eternal life. All the visible people that you see today in this country, in national, I went to meet them in their offices to invite them to come to this place. Many of them were reluctant. I told them, look, my friend, this is how this thing will be got into. I said, well, if you see them, go and ask them. If you see them one-on-one. -on -one. one of them told my mother, said, whatever I become in the Federal Republic of Nigeria, it is your son that made me. Told my mother, whatever I become in Nigeria, it's your son that made me. Are you following what I'm saying? But that is nation building. This is what? The gospel of Jesus. Are you following me? Rats are not going slimmer because of any government. The reason is that the father is the one providing their food. If your father so feedeth the lilies that today, he says, what is your own problem? Change of government have not affected rats. Cockroaches in your house, they are, not, they are not missing food. What is your own issue? It means there's a disconnect between you and the Father. Can you imagine them coming to meet Jesus and he says, well, it's Herod that caused the problem. There's shortage. We can't catch fish. Don't you know what's going on? Then he's no longer Jesus. Do you understand what we're saying? John 3, 14 here, it says this. As Moses, so he said, so the Son of Man should be little, that whosoever believeth on him shall not perish, but shall have what? Eternal life. Now, look at Numbers chapter 21 and verse 6. And the Lord, now the moment, so the Lord sent fairy serpent among the people. Now this is how Moses lifted up the serpent. And it beat the people. And much people of Israel died. Any condition that is biting you, you are murmuring about it all. You hear what I said? Anything that is biting you, check it now. You are murmuring. And what was their murmur? Against Moses and who? Aaron. <laughs> okay, let's go here. Therefore, the people came to Moses and said, We have seen, for we have spoken against the Lord, against thee. Pray the Lord that he will take away serpents from us, which is what people will pray naturally. 
Save us, Lord. Caress not thou that we perish. Let the wind go. They said, look at what he said. They said that he may take it away from us. Moses prayed for the people. God told Moses, this is the answer. I ain't taking away any serpent. The condition is not changing. But this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to make a fairy serpent and set it upon a pole. And it shall come to pass that when everyone that is beaten, who looketh upon that serpent, that is, all who are looking at things that are not seen and are not looking at the things that are seen, those are the ones that will be saved. Anybody who is looking at things that are seen will be brought under the influence of those things. Do you hear what we're saying? Now it says, whosoever looketh there upon it shall do what? Live. What does it mean shall do or love? Look at what he said in John 3, 14. He says, as Moses lifted up the serpent, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. That whosoever believeth, in other words, shall not perish but live. That word believe, you can change it for whosoever looketh. Do you get what we're saying here? So we've resolved the issue of believing. So long as your eyes are looking continuously at something, you will have no problem with faith. That's the same thing that happened to Paul. Look at what Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 to verse 9. Unless I should be exalted above measure, through the abundance of revelation there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. Next verse. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice. You see the same thing. That it might do what? Depart. That the serpents might do what? Leave me. God said it's not that way. Look at the next verse. He said, he said my grace is sufficient for thee, for thy strength is made perfect. My strength is made perfect in what? Weakness. In other words, that is the time in your weakness to do something that shows extreme strength. I said this in Abuja, I want to build a 25,000-seater convention center. When the Naira crashed, I said, Lord, is it time then? Do you get what I'm saying? It's time to embark on dollar-based projects. Because in your weakness is when my strength is made what? Perfect. It is when his boisterous will get down from the boat, from our comfort zone, and, and do the impossible. Do you get what we're saying here? It is when there was famine that Isaac sowed in the land. It's when it looks like there's nothing that you go to God. You see, if you're praying, God save me, he will, look, when they began to sink, and they said, God save me, Jesus didn't fight them. He took them back and put them back in the boat and they went naturally. But they missed out on everything he had planned for them. You, where you think has to change. All right? Just on this way. It's when there was, there was no miracle of wine. When there was wine, it was when the wine finished. It's when they were in a desert place that it was so far that there was no way they could get food. And it was now evening that Jesus said, all right, let us now feed in an impossible situation. Elijah didn't call for fire until they soaked all the altar with water. 
But if you are looking at what is seen, another change is going to be made. And so let me close by this. When he says, if you keep that word, because you keep looking at it, understanding that, look, there's stuff that will happen on the left, right, my, my own is just to keep looking and meditating on this. And I keep it on the inside of myself. All right? I keep it there on the inside of myself. And this keeping here, because we've seen that faith walketh by love. And this faith which is believing, which means is seeing. And, and please, this thing we're saying here is that the eyes of your understanding has been opened up. So, so even, let me just say this here, even if there is a house that, I'm just using this as a mundane thing, a house that you're believing and you are seeing the house, if the eyes of your understanding, the understanding why that house, you live in the house is given. So the intent of your heart is not, is not the physical house. It is the assignment God gave. Because he has given you an understanding of scripture. That, that's why one time they were arguing and they came to meet Paul and they were saying, look, we are Jews, we are Jews and they were making too much noise. Paul, Paul came to meet them and said, we are the children of God. You know, we are the ones who are the... Paul said, oh boy, come here, Read the Bible very well with understanding. To Abraham and to his seed were the promises made. Not seeds as of many. Seed as of one. In fact, what Paul said, I'm telling you, is that you Jews, it's not you he was talking to. He was talking to one person. They said, what are you saying here? He said, read it now. They now looked at it and saw there was no S. He said, his seed as of one. All right, promises were made. He said not to seeds as of many, but seed as of one. And that the person he was referring to was Christ. And then he went on and said, and we, because we are Christ, we are also Abraham's seed, and therefore heirs according to the promise. So let me tell you this. Any promise that God made to Abraham is yours. When he said, I have made you an heir of this world, go and read the promise. He said, I have given the material universe to you. It's yours. While I was meditating, God showed me, he said, if you leave this earth without doing something nobody else has done, you have not fulfilled your purpose for living. You have to do things that no human being has ever what? Done. Because you are not here for comfort. You are here on an assignment. So let me just close by keeping how you respond. Luke 8, 5. It says, he that keepeth, and they kept it. It says, honest I see that here, and keepeth, heareth the word and keepeth it. Now, 1 John 2, 5. This is what it says. He says, whosoever keepeth his word, this will happen. In him, verily, the love of God is perfected, which means is growing, developing, and he perfects it. Hereby we know that we are in him. All right? The love of God is perfected. It says, hereby we know. So if you keep that word, one thing you are going to experience is the growth and perfection in the love of God. Now, the reason is this. As you are gazing on that word, like I've said here, and beholding it, and remember, that faith walks through love. It is a faith that works, all right, by love. In other words, that thing you are looking at, 
is going to work in your own life, all right, through love there. Now, that love is two ways. Love for God and love for your fellow man. And I'll continue next week. Love for God means, as I'm beholding this thing, and, and, that's what, and that's what James was saying, faith without works is dead. He said, didn't you see what Isaac did when he gave up, sorry, Abraham when he gave up Isaac to God? That means he made a sacrifice to God, his love for God. He loved God, quote and unquote, more than like Isaac. Do you get what I'm saying? Some people can love their job more than God. So that if they lose the job, their love for God is tied to that job. Do you, are you following what I'm saying? I hope you know the meaning of what I'm saying. The meaning of what I'm saying, and don't forget, no matter what God blesses with you, sometimes he comes to collect what he blessed you with, and you must continue to love him. Do you understand what I'm saying? All right? So your love for God, and then your love for your fellow man. And that's exactly what happened in Rahab. Because he used Rahab. What did Rahab do? Rahab helped people. So that thing that you are looking at will come to pass if you constantly worship and rejoice. Remember what happened? God, this is my love towards you. One. And the second is you are spotting people who are in need and you are helping them. You know, let me close by saying this. Because it's meditation. It says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Isn't that what it says? As you think in your heart, that's how you are. Now, that thinketh in his heart is not, let me tell you this, it's not how you think towards yourself. It's how you are thinking towards others. That's how you are. To make advancement in life will be a cruise, which means a highway cruise there, if you are thinking for other people to make advancement in their own life. See, I was telling somebody in the car was coming. I said, Wolfbeck has a global impact. You may even invite all the ministers we invite, but you may not get that impact you get. I told the person experience comes up either last week of November or first week of December. Shiloh comes up either December, um, sorry, first week of December. Holy Ghost Congress comes up. As I'm fasting for Wapbeck, I'm fasting for the success of their own program. Do you understand what I'm saying? If I'm praying for Sunday services, I pray for all my friends too that have meetings, that God will grant them utterance. It's not just that you want only your own church to grow. You have seen other people's churches grow. You know why? He says, look at what he says. He says, he tells you, eat and do what? Drink. But his heart is not with what? With you. In other words, I can even give to people, but my thought towards them is wrong. You can pray for people. Didn't they pray for Peter? And their thought towards Peter. That he has died as far as they were praying. As a man does what? Thinks. So as you think towards other people. In other words, have you imagined your friends 
being blessed. Have you imagined or is just you that should be blessed? Any man who is keeping the word there, God starts showing you that for that thing you are looking at to come to pass, love must be expressed. I'm just because one day I'm going to teach it, what it really means to dwell in the secret place of the Most High. I told a friend, I think he's pastor in London Church. I told him, Ovier, Dr. Ovier, I said. I've been struggling with it for years to understand. I said I finally got it. If you ask God for forgiveness for what you want to do, God forgives you. But that doesn't mean human beings are forgiven. A person commits a crime. He says, God, forgive me. They forgive. The judge says, you are going to prison for 15 years. It is it's God that forgives. The human beings are asking for justice. You don't know. You don't know. You went to meet God. God, forgive. God says, I'm forgiving you. But there are still people that will refuse to forgive. And they are making demands. Didn't you hear when God said, I've pardoned according to your word, but look, oh. I want to give you the secret to this thing here. When you go to God, God forgives. God forgives you. But he has to teach you the secrets to life. If you are going to get released from the consequence of the wrongdoing on the earth, that's why he says, if any man offends you, you forgive that person. He gives you an opportunity to sow that the seed of equal the equivalent there into the earth so that that seed there can... Do you get what we're saying here? It's a law. A person who takes bread from their table to make sure that hungry people eat in a time of famine. There are generations after we have people to help them. It's a law. One time, when my father was ill, he was in hospital, there was something, so I said, don't worry, I'm going to do this thing, I'm going to do it. So I said, I'm going to do it. He, my mother told, my mother was there, he said, ah, she told him, he said, look at what you said he's going to do. My father apparently broke into tears. She now said, why are you crying? Why are you crying? I said, give me that phone. He collected it. He said that you did this thing for me. He said, you will never be in a situation in life that somebody will not stand up and help you to get through. A seed of what? Equal. Do you get what we're saying? That's why Jesus said, this was causing the hindrance. That's why if you are rude, you know, Joseph, if you live by the sword, you will die by the sword. Jesus said, if you, look, you can be praying to Jesus. He said, narrow is the way, straight is the gate that leads to life. Before he said that, he said, that which you will that men should do unto you, the same do unto them. If you want people to be helping you in life, you also should be helping people on that name. You can't be praying, kings will open doors for me. Why are you a king to somebody and you have closed the door? I said, nobody has ever surprised me. Because have you ever surprised anybody? <laughs> I'm wondering why they are doing things for people. Have you? See, I've told you. 
is when there's wind, you get out of the boat. When they start saying financial, El said, me said, increase your generosity. Increase your giving to people inside the church. What we're doing now, we've not done before like that. We just announced and say we're giving this million, million to people in business. We'll be crediting people's accounts, all right, with money. We hear this, you'll be crediting, you'll be doing all of that. It's the time for you to hold. But the Bible says you shall not be careful in the year of drought. That means you will not, do you get what I'm saying here? Get tight-fisted. That's why your leaf will not wither. That's why when he went to meet Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar, I told Daniel, he said, look, they say they are coming for me, they are coming for me. Do you know what he said? When he went to me, he said, I've had a dream. Ah, Daniel said, this dream, this dream you had. This dream. See, oh, there are many people that when bad things happen to them, somebody somewhere says, I knew it was going to happen. Witchcraft. Those people are making a demand. He, he said, when Daniel, Daniel told him, he said, this is by the demand and the decree of the watchers. In other words, there are some people that are so angry with you, they have been saying, you will collapse, you will collapse. He said, they are coming for you. Nebuchadnezzar asked him, sir, what can I do? He said, you can lengthen your days that they will never be able to catch up with you. He said, how? He said, be showing mercy to the poor and righteousness and justice. He started doing it. One day, I don't know what entered into him. He just said, isn't it by my own heart? The judgment that has been hanging saw an opening. (laughs) (laughs) Do you get what we're saying here? Same thing. Herod went to say, he came out and beat his chest. Am I not a God who has done? This is why if you're in any system, don't let Satan tempt you that you're the one making it happen. Because once you beat your chest, judgment is coming. Are you following what I'm saying? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word. And by the power of your spirit, I ask you establish us in this truth, cause it to take deep root in our consciousness and bring forth fruit in life. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ.